And I just want everybody to know I had nothing to do with that. I had nothing to do with that. I want Jackie to know that. Yes, I want my wife to know that. I had nothing to do with that. In fact, I can even show you the text messages too. He said, what do you think if I do this? I said, you are taking your life in your own hands. I had nothing to do with that. You've got to believe me, babe. <laughs> she doesn't believe me. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Shane? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, take your Bibles to the book of Ephesians tonight, the book of Ephesians. And um, we're going to continue our series through Ephesians on Sunday nights and until uh, we finish it. Um, we started it last year. We got through about five and a half chapters, and we still got another chapter and a half to go, so uh, we'll, we'll just kind of take it until we finish it on Sunday nights. So we're kind of continuing the series. Um, if you remember what it was about, um, in chapter 5 and verse number 1, he says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. And so the word followers there has the idea of imitating, right? Uh, so we kind of started a series on imitating, and we talked about different ways that God wants us to imitate. We're to walk in love and walk in wisdom, um, and, uh, and that's kind of where we're at in kind of where we're picking up, um, where he says walk in wisdom. And, uh, and so in verse number 18, we kind of talked a little bit about this idea of uh, being filled with the Spirit. In verse number 18, it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And so he says we're to be followers of God as dear children or beloved children. Um, and again, we're thinking about this idea of, of imitating our Father um, imitating God in these things, and he says to walk in wisdom and to be filled with the Spirit. Um, and so uh, I, don't, I don't want us to get confused and think we've gone on to something else. Um, Paul is giving us practical ways to imitate the Father, right? This is what he's doing through, the, through this whole chapter 5, um, ways that that we as his beloved children are to imitate our Father. And so this is still part of that series we were looking through as far as walking in wisdom. And we talked about how important it is, uh, if we're going to walk in wisdom, that we need to be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Um, but as we look through here, um, many times we just think that this whole idea of being filled with the Spirit um, basically kind of ends you know, where he's talking about speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, and we think, well, that's, that's where it ends. No, that's not where it ends, right? This whole thing, as we finish going through all chapter 5 and into chapter 6, all has to do with being filled with the Spirit, right? Um, and and I, I, I want to say I believe um, we need churches that have homes that are Spirit-filled homes, right? It's not just about an individual being spirit-filled, but we're talking about Christian homes being spirit-filled. And this is why he's going to talk about the wife. He's going to talk about the husband. He's going to talk about the marriage relationship. He's going to talk about the children. 
because it's so important. Again, if we are imitating our Father, if we are going to walk and imitate our Father, there are things that God says we should be doing. Okay, um, And this is where he's coming with here in this, in this aspect, right? So of being filled with the Spirit. Uh, again, not a spirit of criticism or, or envy or selfishness, but uh, allowing the Holy Spirit of God to work through us, yielding ourselves to Him, allowing Him to have more of me, right? I can't get any more of the Holy Spirit. I've already got all the Holy Spirit I'm going to get. But the Holy Spirit needs to get more of me, and I need to yield to the Holy Spirit. And these areas that He's going to show us are ways that we need to yield to the Holy Spirit, Okay? Um, and so notice where he, where he starts here. Notice in verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Okay? Now, before we, before we go any further, I, I want to kind of put to the side this notion that... Um, if you're, if you're going to follow God, if you're going to follow the Bible, that somehow, um, you know, in the Bible we find men are greater or better than women, right? That is not true. That's not true at all, right? Um, and, and sometimes we have this idea that women are simply an object. Um, they're almost like a piece of property or a possession. And I, I don't think when you read the Scripture and you find what God says about the relationship between a husband and wife, and you see what God says about a woman, you're going to see that's as far from the truth as possible, right? I mean, there's nowhere that you can find that God tries to say that a woman is just a, an object or a possession. In fact, God tells us very clearly, right? In fact, if we go over to, to Peter, he talks to the husband. He says, hey, you treat your wife as a precious, treasured possession, right? I mean, like if you had, if you had something valuable in your home, right? Maybe something your great-grandmother uh, handed down to you. Maybe there's some, some plate or some crystal or, or, or some uh, artifact or a picture or something that has been handed down to you from generation to generation. You just don't let anybody play with that. You just don't let your kids play with it. I mean, that's, that's precious. And you're going to treat that different than anything else, right? And God says that's how a husband ought to treat his wife. She is so precious. God says uh, the wife is so precious to the husband. Okay? Um, and so, again, when we're, we're looking at this, we're talking about uh, walking in wisdom in the home, right? Being filled with the Spirit through this, right? Now, he begins with the wife, right? Uh, so, ladies, don't, don't think that we're not going to get to the husband. No, we will, right? And, and honestly, I believe we spend more time on the husband than we do on the wife, okay? Um, and, uh, and so, but this evening we're going to be looking at the wife here, because uh, this is where the Lord starts here in this passage. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. So here's the thing that God says to the wife. The wife is to walk in wisdom, right? The wife is to walk in wisdom. How is the wife to walk in wisdom? And here's what he says, in submission. She's to walk in submission to her husband, Okay. That's what he says. The wife is to walk in submission. Now, please, submission is not a bad word. Now, the society that we live in has turned it into a bad word, right? Submission is not a bad word. The word submission simply means it's an act of yielding to authority, 
That's what submission is. It's just, it's yielding to authority, okay? Now, who is the greatest example of submission? Who? Jesus Christ. Now, you're going to say that's bad? Submission is bad? Wait a minute. The greatest example that we have of submission is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ submitted to the Father, So submission can't be bad, right? So we've got, to, we've got to reprogram some things that the world has tried to program us to think. Oh, submission, you're just saying that the man is to be the, the head of the home and he's the, the king and he just gets to do whatever he wants. No, you're talking about the world's definition, right? That's not God's definition of submission, okay? Submission is simply yielding to authority. And again, Jesus Christ submitted to the Father. Would we say that Jesus Christ is any less God than the Father? No. He's not less God than the Father is. He's not less God than the Holy Spirit is. And yet we find Jesus Christ submitting to the Father, the Holy Spirit submitting to the Father. Why? There is authority here. And yet the Bible clearly tells us they are co-equal, co-eternal, co-powerful. Yet there is submission and so, please, whenever, whenever we look at this passage, this, is, this passage has almost become a, a negative passage among Christians. Oh, we can't talk about this. You know, the, the wife is to submit to her husband. Oh, that's, that's bad. No, it's biblical. It's biblical. And Jesus Christ has given us the greatest example of submission. He did not, he is no less God in submitting to the Father then a wife is less of a person when she submits to her husband. She's not less of a person. Nowhere do you ever find that, right? They, the husband, the man, and the wife, look, they, they are equal. But God says in this marriage, God's desire is for the wife to submit to her husband, right? Again, think about this. The word submit, look back in, look in verse number 21. Submitting yourselves one to another. We didn't have a problem with that one, did we? Oh, we're supposed to submit to one another, right? We're supposed, as Christians, we submit to one another. Hey, that one's okay. Well, shouldn't verse number 22 be okay too? Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, right? The word submit, notice the word in verse number 24. Husbands, or excuse me, therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. You know the word subject there in verse number 24 when it says that as the church is subject unto Christ? The word subject there is the same word, it's submission. Same word, right? So he's saying just as the church, are we not part of the church? Are we not part of the body of Christ? Just as the church is to be submissive to Christ, that's how the wife is to be submissive to the husband. Now, I don't think there would be any Christian that would think that being submissive to Jesus Christ is a negative thing. We wouldn't think that's a dirty thing, right? That's, that's biblical. It's what God wants, right? So we've got to reprogram some things and thinking, hey, wait a minute. When God says here that the wife is to submit to her husband, this is not a negative thing. This is not a bad thing. This is a biblical thing. This is a way that we are imitating God. Jesus Christ submitted to the Father. Now, let's look at a couple reasons here 
when he speaks about this submission because I know there's, there's a lot of people that honestly they just um, they misrepresent the Bible they misrepresent God and they try to make the Bible into something that that's not what God said right um, th- there are those that will try to say a, a woman has no voice a woman should not be able to uh, to have an opinion you know? whatever the man says that's just what goes can I tell you something that's wrong that's wrong that's not biblical it's not biblical at all right um, and again when we think about how God says the husband is to cherish his wife how he is to, to love her and we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a while uh, in, in a little bit but again he's he begins dealing with the wife right and again why I, I thought it was very interesting obviously we understand the husband is the head of the home right we understand when we think of the Godhead uh, and we say the members of the Godhead how do we how do we usually 99% of the time say the members of the Godhead say it with me come on God the God the God the now why'd you say it that way why'd you say God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit Is the Son not as important as the Father? Why didn't you say God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Father? Because there is an order here, right? There is an order in the Godhead. Again, the Son and the Holy Spirit are no less than the Father, but in the Godhead there is an order. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When we think about the order of the home, right? The order of a home, right? Who would we say is the first? The father, who would we say is the second? Mother, who would we say is the third? Children, right? So we would say the husband or the father is first, the wife or the mother is second, and the children are third. Again, we're not saying that the wife and the children are less than the father or the husband. It's just the order that God has placed, right? We, are we everybody together here? That's not the order he gives here. He doesn't talk about the husband first. He talks about the wife first. All the ladies are like, yeah, I knew we were first. <laughs> not quite. Right, not quite. It is, the order is still there. The husband, the father, the wife, the mother, and then the children. But I did find it interesting that when he begins to deal with this, he begins with the wife. Why do you think God begins with the wife? Anybody have an idea? Why would God begin with the wife instead of the husband, who is to be the head of the home? Why would he begin with the wife? Anybody want to give a stab at it? Anybody can? Okay, she is, she is completely involved in the life of the, the family all the time, right? That's, that's good, okay? Yes, Miss Emily? What's that? We need the most help. <laughs> I did not say that, okay? I did not say that, all right? Um, did Brother Mike text you and say, hey, say that? <laughs> um, all right, anybody else? What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Because the wife is never wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, he could go in a lot of directions on these answers, right? Yeah. No, I, I, think, that, I think that God puts the wife first. I think Brother Ken kind of hit on something there that, she is so involved in every aspect of the family. But even more important than that, 
Um, and again, think of, thinking about what Peter tells us, she is to be cherished. She is, is to be so loved. She is to be adored. She is, I mean, let's face it, guys. If it wasn't for our wife, we would be in big trouble. And if your husband did not say amen to that, you ought to just elbow him right now, you know? Elbow him. Go ahead. Um, I, I said that, by the way. I said that. Okay, thank you. Am I out of the doghouse for the song? Maybe? Okay. No, it, but she is so precious in this relationship. God says, I'm going to start with her. I'm going to start with the one that is to be cherished. I'm going to start with the one who is so precious to this. Look, guys... We're just dumb, okay? We just, you know, we, just, you know, brute strength. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of women just said amen right there, okay? Um, but, you know, guys are just like, give me something to do. I'll do it, you know. I'll knock a wall down. I'll be like, but, but women are, are so precious. And I think God explains here some of these things about why he begins with a wife and why she is to be submissive, right? Notice, first of all, the why. First of all, we find the why, it's because it's God's will. This is why a wife is to be submissive. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands in the fear of God. Excuse me, as unto the Lord, excuse me. And so it's God's will. Can I, can I tell you, this is not a debate, this is not open for discussion and debate. Well, what if I don't want to, or what if I don't like it, or, or what if this, or whatever? No, this is not open to debate. This is not a debate about whether a wife should or should not be. This is God's will. This is what God's will is, right? If, if you are a wife, then God says his will for you is to be submissive to your husband, right? To, to understand that he is the authority and we're yielding to his authority in our life, right? This is a command given by God directly to the wife. Again, understand, because God is God, he has the right to demand anything that he wants of us. That's his right. That's his authority, we can complain, we can say, well, I don't like it that way, but look, friend, it doesn't matter. God says this is how it's supposed to be. This is the why. This is why a Christian wife who is in submission to the Holy Spirit of God, who is walking in the Spirit, who is allowing the Holy Spirit to fill her, is going to walk in wisdom by submitting herself to her husband. Why? Because it's God's will. And as she is walking in submission to the Spirit of God, and she's allowing the Holy Spirit to fill her, she wants to do God's will. It's not she's being forced into doing it. No, she's saying, if this is what God's will is for my life, then there is a desire to do that. Can, can I say, if, if there is a... And again, I, we're going we're gonna to get to certain things here, but we're just, we're just kind of setting a foundation if, if a Christian wife has no desire to submit to her husband, she has a, re, a, a problem not with her husband but with God. The problem is not with the husband. The problem is with God. You say, well, my husband this, my husband. Look, we'll, we'll get to that, and we're going to understand there are some reasons here, right? 
but a Christian wife, again, we're talking Christian, we're not talking about the world, we're talking about a Christian wife, her desire ought to be to love God and to be obedient to God. And if she knows, hey, this is what God's will is, then there's going to be submission there. There's going to be submission to God's authority. How? Now, here's where it's important. Because there's some that would just say, a wife has to submit in everything. I say you're wrong. A wife does not have to submit in everything. Because God says specifically how the wife is to submit, right? Notice in verse number, 20, uh, verse number 22. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And notice the how. As unto the Lord. She submits to her husband as unto the Lord. And here's what I believe is the most important thing to understand about this issue of submission. In this issue of submission, it shows the relationship of the wife not to the husband but to the Lord. The way that she submits to her husband shows her relationship to God in how she submits to her husband. Again, if a wife is, does not want to submit to her husband and does not want to yield to his authority, it shows her relationship with God is not right. It is simply being manifested in her relationship with her husband. And this is why she's, God tells us she submits to her husband as unto the Lord. If a wife is not submissive to her husband, it is because she is not submissive to the Lord. This is God's will. This is what God wants. And again, I think that I think the Lord puts her first here because it shows the greatest picture of the church in Jesus Christ. It shows the picture of her and Christ, the church and Christ. How, how she submits to the Lord is the greatest picture of the church and the body of Christ. Think about what he says here in verse number 23. For, as, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So if Christ is the head of the church and the church is to submit to Christ, the greatest picture that God says that he has given in showing the, the picture of the church submitting to Christ is the wife submitting to her husband. Ladies, I don't think many times we understand how significant this is. God says how you submit to your husband is showing, it is a picture of the church in Jesus Christ. Now, please don't, don't, mis, don't misrepresent what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, that God is saying the husband is Jesus Christ. That's not what I'm saying, right? But I'm saying the picture is what, is, what he is showing us. He says in verse 20, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Notice the correlation. He keeps going back to the church and Christ, the church and Christ, the wife and the husband, the wife and the husband. 
And when you, when you see a godly lady that loves God and is willing to submit to her husband, it is the most beautiful picture of the church submitting to Jesus Christ. You know, there's just something about, there's just something about a, a, a lady that loves God. She doesn't, she's not bragging about it. She really doesn't have to say anything about it, but you just watch her relationship with her husband. You watch the relationship that is there. You see how the husband treats her. You see how she treats the husband. And you can just stand back and you can say, man, that, that is such a godly couple. The, the relationship that is so there is there. And, and what is it? It is a picture of what Jesus Christ wants the church to be to him. And so he says the, the wife is to submit to her husband as unto the Lord. As she is following God and she is submitting to the Holy Spirit and the Lord in these things, then she is going to submit to her husband. She's going to submit to her husband. Now, in what areas though? Notice, in everything. Verse number 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And he said, now wait a minute, Pastor. You just said a minute ago that you, didn't, you said that it wasn't, uh, the wife didn't have to submit in everything. Well, that's true. I said that. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. You're saying, but now she is to submit in everything. That's true. I said that. I, I didn't stutter. I, they're both Right. She is to submit in everything, but yet she is not to submit in everything. The wife is to be submissive in everything. And please understand, this is not speaking about anything sinful. This is not speaking about anything degrading. And, and please, I understand the, the audience that we have. And if you have a question of what this means, you're more than welcome to come and talk to me. But I think we can obviously see what this means when he says, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands. Again, think about what he says. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ. There's the relationship again. As the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus Christ going to ever ask you to do something sinful? You see, we would never even expect that, would we? Would we? We would never expect Jesus Christ to ask us to do something sinful. We would never expect Jesus Christ to ask us to do something that is against the word of God. We would never expect Jesus Christ to ask us to do something that is immoral. Then may I say, husbands, why would we ever ask our wife to do anything like that? You see, we are to be subject, the wife is to be subject to the husband as the church is subject unto Christ in everything. We don't, we don't have to put exceptions and clauses on the church in Christ because we know that Christ would never ask something of us that is wrong. The reason why we have had to, to make exceptions and why we can't say, well, she, she shouldn't have to submit in everything is because we have taken something that is, is holy and righteous before God and we have taken it and run it through the mud. 
We have, we have taken something and made it something evil and wicked and just say, well, hey, I'm the head of my home, so you have to do anything and everything that I say. Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. In everything means just as the church is subject unto Christ and to Christ would never ask the church to do something wrong. So in the marriage between a husband and a wife, the wife is willing to submit herself to her husband because she knows that the husband would never ask her to do something wrong. In everything, he says. There should never be a question. This wrong Hey, if it's wrong, it shouldn't even be being asked. If it's wrong, if it's not right, if it's immoral, if it's nothing that, if it's something that we know would go against the word of God, then you know what we ought to do? We ought to, hey, that shouldn't even be asked by the husband. Because the submission of the wife to the husband is a picture of Christ to the church. In every area of our home, in life and marriage. As the husband leads the family spiritually, then the wife should be submissive to his leadership. As the husband is trying to lead his family, the wife should be willing to follow his leadership. Again, when when you came together in marriage and you said, hey, this is the man that I believe God wants me to marry and this is the woman that I believe God wants me to marry, then when God placed you together and God makes you one, then God says, hey, there is something that I'm expecting. I am expecting in this marriage relationship for the wife to submit to her husband in everything that Christ would ask the church to do as well. What would Christ ask of us? As she submits to Christ, So she is to submit to her husband. As she depends on Christ, so is she to depend on her husband. Now again, look, I I understand not every marriage is perfect. I understand that there I understand there are ladies that can be in marriages that are not good. And I, I I get that. And I and I'm I'm sorry about those things. You say, well, then in in my marriage, if my marriage isn't good and my husband is maybe lost or my husband is a Christian, but maybe he's away from God or, or whatever, do I still have to submit to him? Yes, as long as it is not something that goes against the word of God. As long as it is not something that is against the Bible, as long as it's not something that is wrong or sinful, God says, hey, you are to submit to him. By the way, if you go back to the book of 1 Peter, it's important why he even says this. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse number 1, he says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. He, says if, he said, if you have an unsaved husband or if you have a husband that is away from God, he said, by your submission and by your obedience to Christ... You have an opportunity to help your husband either come to know the Lord or come back to God. Now again, please understand, we're not talking about anything wrong here. We're not talking about anything that is against the Bible. We're not talking about anything that is is immoral or wicked. We're talking about, hey, just as your husband is trying to lead, then God says, hey, he expects you to submit, to yield to his authority. 
And through that, through your love for God, and through your love for your husband and submitting to God and submitting to your husband, God says he can use that to even bring someone that does not know the Lord to him or one that is wayward to bring him back to him. And so this is what he's saying here. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now again, what is the reason? I've been saying it all throughout this. The reason that God says the wife is to walk in submission. Again, we're talking about imitating, imitating God. As Jesus Christ walked in submission over and over and over and over, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Over and over, he submitted to the Father. He submitted to what God wanted him to do. And the reason why we find here this submission to the husband is so important is because it is a picture of Christ and the church. Again, think about what he says in verse 23 and 24. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. God says this is such an important picture that he's showing. Look, we understand when we think about, when we think about baptism, we understand the picture is pretty important, right? The picture that is shown, we understand these baptism waters up here, they don't save anybody, they don't wash away any sins. But we understand that the picture that is being shown is important, right? When somebody stands in the water, the water crosses their body. That is a picture of the death of Jesus Christ. When they go under the water, it is a picture of his death and his burial. When, he come, when they come out of the water, it's a picture of his resurrection. That's why we don't, we don't expect we don't accept sprinkling, right? We don't accept sprinkling. We don't expect, accept the, the holy water with the mark of the cross or whatever. We don't, why? Because the picture's wrong. Again, it's not like this water washes away sin. It's not like the water that they sprinkle. It's not like that does anything. But it's the picture. When we think about the Lord's table and we come to the Lord's table and we think about the two elements, the bread and the juice, we think the bread is unleavened bread. Why? Because the picture is of his sinless body. And we think about the juice, not wine, but juice. Why? Because we're thinking of the picture of the sinless blood of Jesus Christ. The picture is important. We don't just go out and buy a loaf of bread from Walmart and just cut it up and say, okay, here, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. No, no. Because the picture that it shows same thing. We're not going to use wine because of the picture that it shows. You understand? This is what Jesus is saying. This, this is a picture that is being shown of Christ and the church. How? In the relationship between the wife and the husband. I think when we look at Scripture, when we find the different pictures that God wants to represent, how it is represented is very important. The picture that is seen is very important. And he says, in the Christian home, now please understand, we're talking about a Christian home here, right? The husband is to love the wife, and we're going to get to the husband, right? Don't worry, guys, I'm coming to you, right? The husband is to love the wife. He is to cherish her. He is to, to, to see her as a cherished person, a, one that is above everyone else and loved and adored, and as he is loving the wife and the wife submits to the husband, God says, hey, you want to know what the picture is of Christ in the church? 
Look at a godly marriage. Look at a godly marriage. Look at how the wife submits to her husband. Is she less than the husband? Nope. She's no less than the husband is. But she understands there is authority. She is yielding to the authority that God has placed in her life. Just as we yield to God himself, as we yield to the Holy Spirit of God, a wife yields to her husband. It's a picture of Christ and the church. Now, again, we only have half the picture right now. The wife yielding to the husband. When we see the whole picture, and we'll talk about this next, uh, probably in a couple weeks, and obviously next Sunday we have our Jewish conference, but when we get to the husband, we're going to see how this picture completes itself. Because, friend, if the, the husband does not love the wife, but yet the wife is submitting to the husband, you don't have the picture of the church in Christ. And if the husband loves the wife, but the wife is not submitting to the husband, you don't have the picture of the church in Christ. You see, the picture has to be right for both. Both of them have to be right in order to see this picture. I'm so thankful there, there, there are many godly, uh, godly couples, godly marriages that I've been able to, to see and witness in my life. And, and I look at them and I think, man, this is, this is just, it's amazing to see how God is using them to, to picture Christ and the church. And you see it through two people, the husband and the wife, as the wife submits to the husband, to his authority. And she follows him as God is leading him. And the husband loves the wife as Christ loved the church. I'm telling you, marriage is a beautiful picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And what he does day after day, he loves us, the church. And as he loves us, the church is to submit to him. And so as we'll, as we'll continue seeing through here this picture that is being presented, but here's, here is what I, I can say. I think this is, this is so important that you get this. God is saying, I want you to walk in wisdom. And here is wisdom. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to have a Spirit-filled life. I want you to yield to the Spirit of God. I want the Holy Spirit to, to fill you and to, to have more and more and more of you. Can I tell you, it's very obvious Many times when you look at a marriage to see who is filled with the Spirit and who is not. All you have to do is just look at the relationship. You say, boy, you know, that's, that's, they're not very Spirit-filled. You say, well, who are you to judge? I'm not judging. I'm just looking at the evidence. Because God says if we are Spirit-filled, the evidence of a Spirit-filled wife is that she is going to submit to her husband, the husband that God has given to her, the husband that God has placed to lead in the home. And God says it's so important that the wife understands this very important role. It's so important that she understands, yes, because she is involved in everything. She is involved in the life of the home. She is involved in the life of the children, if God blesses with children. I mean, she is involved in so much, and as she submits to Christ, so is she to submit to her husband. As she depends upon Christ, 
So she depends on her husband to lead spiritually, to guide their home. And we see this beautiful picture of Christ and the church in the union, in the marriage of a husband and wife. God says, walk in wisdom. Be filled with the Spirit. Ladies, if you're married, the way that you can know, am I filled with the Spirit? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to have more and more of me is to ask yourself, am I submissive to my husband? Do I submit to him and his leading in my life? Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to realize how important these things are. And Lord, I know the world has a completely different view of marriage. Uh, Lord, just the whole concept is so foreign to, to the lost world, but God, you've, you ordained marriage and the beautiful picture that it is to be of Christ in the church. And so, Father, I pray you'd help us as we look through these things to learn from them. Lord, for wives to realize the importance of being submissive to their husbands. Lord, to follow their leading spiritually and their authority. God, I pray you'd help us to have husbands to lead spiritually, to love their wives as Christ loved the church. That the world would be able to look at a, at a married couple that loves God and say there's something different about them. There's just something different about their marriage. And so, Father, I pray you'd help us in this. Lord, it's so vital, especially as we have young people growing up and we know one day they're going to get married and have their own families. Lord, we need godly examples for these young people to follow and to pattern their lives after as they see Christ in the church exemplified between the relationship of the husband and wife and how they love the Lord. So, Father, help us in this. One of their heads bowed and her eyes closed. We're not going to stand tonight. We're not going to do anything. But if the piano.